Hello, my name is Vinita Bhardwaj. And I'm Chirag Desai. And today we are excited, delighted, proud, and perhaps a wee bit nervous to launch a new show, Karama Sutra, brought to you by Amaya FM. This is a podcast that is intended to find, produce, and share personal histories that have community at the heart. We both have a strong UAE connection. Yes, yeah, so I first came to Abu Dhabi when I was like three months old, and I spent most of my childhood here before I went away for a while. I've been back in Dubai for over a decade now, and there's something very homely about the place for me. And maybe that's the community of the family, the friends, the people I've grown up with or I've been working with uh, that have given me a bit of a center during my adult years. I arrived in Dubai on the cusp of my teens. I was already a third culture kid. I'd already spent about five years in Hong Kong. And in my career, I've worked in the media and communications industry for many years now. And what I find incredibly fascinating now is how the space has truly exploded with this unprecedented diversity of voices, some great and some not so great. And on a personal level, I've always found myself gravitating towards stories of the unheard, the unseen, and that were often untold. Karama in Arabic also means dignity which kind of encapsulates the spirit of what everybody ultimately wants, to lead a life of dignity, to be treated with dignity. Um, and so, of course, Karma Sutra as a name has a great ring to it, but it was meant to be a platform that would unearth and put together and release these stories that are not really mainstream. The plan is to grow the show into one that brings in as many voices as we can, narrated by as many people as we can work with, and remain true to one thing, the story. So this is Karama Sutra, chronicles from communities we've grown up with. And we hope you'll listen in, write in, and spread the word. You can follow Karama Sutra in your favorite players like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Gami, and even on Spotify. And for more information, please visit karamasutra.com. Can you imagine working in the same job, for the same business, with the same routine, for 40 years? Yeah, I don't really think I could. I'm Benita Bhardwaj, and I'm here with Chirag Desai bringing you Karama Sutra, chronicles from communities we've grown up with. So I guess every Indian with a connection to the United Arab Emirates, and I'm going to say the UAE here because I was more of an Abu Dhabi kid, uh, certainly knows of and has possibly been a patron of Woodlands over the years. I remember the first time we walked into Woodlands. It was in 1990. I must have been about 12. And we stepped into this little restaurant where this not-so-tall Indian gentleman with a boyish face, a small moustache and neatly combed black hair stood behind the till. There was something so striking about that frame. And now that I think about it, it was, I suppose, meant to be the first frame in a sort of time-lapse to today, with so much and so many of us have moved on. But that little restaurant still stands, and so does that Indian gentleman, albeit considerably older. The interesting thing I always thought about Woodlands was it wasn't so much about the food. I can't ever recall people going gaga over their menu. In fact, until a few months ago, I didn't even know they had a printed menu. I think it's one of those standalone outlets that over the years became an institution, and its biggest cachet has been its ability to capture the familiar, especially amongst its primary target audience. 
To a certain generation of Indians, a restaurant named Woodland's Vegetarian was synonymous with a very specific menu. That of a simple, traditional, Madras-inspired breakfast, strictly vegetarian, uh, which means the food itself was vegetarian, of course, but prepared in a kitchen that was vegetarian and did not even entertain the presence of eggs, and also prepared, ideally, by people who were vegetarian. So we're talking about the idlis, the dosas, the wadars, the sambar, the coconut chutney. And the coffee. How much do we know about where it all began? So we can trace it back to the Woodlands Hotel in Madras. Because here's another quirk. Restaurants were and still are referred to as hotels in, I'm going to say, most of India. Yeah, and I, I find that uh, very interesting when I travel as well, because even though there isn't any lodging and you could walk into this hotel and it'll turn out to be just a kitchen serving food. Yeah. So the Woodlands Hotel in Madras was established in 1939. A successful restaurateur called K. Krishnarao, who for the record is also credited as the inventor of the masala dosa, turned the place into a phenomenon because it really popularized the Udupi-style cuisine and made idlis and dosas mainstream. Udupi cuisine is the cuisine of South India, which gets its name from Udupi, a city on the southwestern coast of India. The dishes that dominate it are primarily made from grains, such as rice, beans, vegetables and fruits, and it traditionally avoids the use of onions or garlic, as well as, of course, no meat, fish or shellfish. So that sounds pretty vegan-friendly to me. I want to say mostly yes, although some outlets do work in ghee, which is, of course, clarified butter, butter itself, and also yogurt into the menu. But I think that's more of a recent entrant, because traditionally the recipes didn't really have any or require any dairy. Right. So K. Krishnarao was the son of a Hindu priest, and when he was in his 20s, around the early 1920s, he moved to Madras, and this is, of course, still colonial India. And he worked in a hotel as a cleaner, helper, waiter, and a junior cook. His employer was very impressed with his commitment and promoted him to manage one of his hotels, which, of course, is still a restaurant. In 1926, Krishnarao moved to Mount Road, which was one of the main arterial roads of Madras, and he partnered with the owner of another Udupi-style establishment to set up his own joint. In 1938, a wealthy landowner sold one of his posh residences to a building contractor who started the Woodlands Hotel. Krishnarao was quite entrepreneurial, and he leased this hotel in 1939, and turned it into one of the most popular hangouts in the pre-independence era. However, once the lease expired, the contractor didn't want to renew the agreement with Krishnarao, which prompted him to purchase land in another part of town called Mailapur, where he built the new Woodlands Hotel in 1952, which I have to say still stands. But it's finally a hotel with lodging. So there are actually rooms where you can go and stay. There's another quirk here as well, which is a very Indian thing, right? If you have this kind of disagreement with somebody, or if something doesn't work out with the original restaurant, you just put a new in front of it and start all over again. Absolutely. So since then, several imitations of Woodlands have spawned all over India and overseas. And I think they all pretty much bring up the same image of consistency, familiarity and simplicity. Right. So basically, Ulubi cuisine became famous by way of these Woodlands establishments in Madras, now Chennai. And even though their namesakes started popping up in cities around the world, but they weren't formally connected like, say, a McDonald's or a Starbucks might be, or with a franchise, or at least in partnership with the original. But they did seem to embody enough of the essence of the originals to communicate to the intended audience they still offered that same promise of the woodlands in Madras. That's right. So the woodlands in Dubai is not linked to any of the others around the world. However, it does claim a significant slice of history in the UAE story. South Indian vegetarian restaurant, UAE first, woodlands. Ashok Kumar is from Palakkad in the southern Indian state of Kerala, and he's been the manager at Woodlands since they opened 40 years ago. 
At 16, he'd already landed his first job at the Annapurna restaurant in Coimbatore, where he worked for six years. And this is where his path crossed with the soon-to-be owner of Woodlands in Dubai, who invited Ashok to come out to Dubai and set up the restaurant and help him manage it. So we had to ask him what made him take that leap of faith into an unknown city. No, no, no. But uh, I know this good business that time. That guy telling, I'll spend the money. Okay, you'll do the Full job. setting Full up. Full setting up. The cooks, yeah. finding the Cook, cooks, everything. everything. Everybody. That guy is coming, okay, I'll, I'll do openings in Dubai. He'll come and setting everything. Okay, I'll come. I'm come to Dubai the first time I turn, come to flight, no? You wanted to fly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'll tell you my... Uh, my father and mother, I'll go into other place, I'll see fly. No, no, no. Any job, he'll go. That's no problem. Did you go to college, university? No, I am a plus two in Palgat. Okay. And then you went straight to work? Yeah. In Annapurna? Annapurna. When you came to Dubai, were you married? No. I'm bachelor, 22 years old. But for 22 years old, that's yeah. still very young. Yeah. To come to a new place, yeah. to set up a new restaurant... Yeah not speaking Arabic, and you have to find the cooks and bring them, take care of everything. Everything. How did you do it? I know that in that field, I know that way the easily. I am working in Annapurna six years. That time only the Baldi, Arabic people also talk to English, little Hindi. It's okay. And lots of Malayalam. Lots of Malayalam. That time I am coming to eight people first. And start a small like this. Only four, uh, three cooks and uh, two uh, cleaner and uh, three waiters. Today now, uh, 24, 24. I don't know if you remember this, Chirag, but there was this time in Dubai or even in the UAE when we just sort of knew places through their landmarks. Yeah, I think some of it is still, you still see it, uh, especially among the old timers today. But, you know, it's, it's this kind of concept of saying, hey, go past the Sana signal and turn right or drive by this big post office rather than, you know, street numbers and names that we're used to now. And that's sort of how you navigated Karama. And in a way, Woodlands played a pretty important role in making sure Indians never got lost in a pre-Google Maps era. It was a landmark. It was a signpost. It was a very important identifier. <laughs> And so here we are 40 years later, and you still see mostly positive reviews for Woodlands and their quality. So, for example, I do a quick Google search and I see this four-star verdict by Vailram Shanmugam, who posted this in August 2019. He says of Woodlands, very good food, retaining the same taste for last many, many years. You get a very nice buttermilk refreshment as complimentary for summer. This is one restaurant which is more inclined to sticking their quality and quantity and not getting into commercial mode. Love it. In the sambar, don't use uh, chili powder and uh, that one. I'll make it fry and that grinding, that turn I'll make it. That like warm style. Sambar or sambar, pronounced differently depending on which part of India one is from, is a hot dish made out of a mix of tamarind water, cooked lentils and vegetables. Now the recipe varies depending on who's in the kitchen. And the taste is ultimately determined by the sambar powder mix or masala, which is a secret that can be handed down over generations or guarded ferociously, as is the case with Woodlands. As a condiment, sambar can make or break South Indian restaurants' fate. That's why sambar and pungal and vada and masala dosa, our shop is good business. And afternoon thali also. Other restaurants going everything in modern, modern, modern. 
There are only coming woodlands, same 40 years like this. No chili sauce, these are the smelling, no. Nothing and sambar, <laughs> original sambar. South Indian is still, okay, I'll make it and give. That's one. North Indian or Chinese. But even in Annapurna now, oh. you can get Pani Puri. Yes. I know. <laughs> I know. You've never changed the menu. It's always been the same. Same. The difficult South Indian people like this. Have you ever, have customers ever told you they want you to introduce something like more North Indian? Customer telling, but uh, I don't take. But I'm still, difficulty South Indian food. That's it. So let's talk about what Karama is like today. Karma today is quite different. Woodlands has to compete with at least a dozen restaurants that offer the same menu and a lot more choice that considers the diverse taste buds of families as well as fickle palates. These include independent outlets, big chains that are recognized brands from India and multi-cuisine Indian restaurants that also work in your idlis, dosas and utapams. No, before is good. Now little restaurant, uh, always business is slow. No? That's why that also is slow. Have you ever been under the danger or risk of closing because it was not doing well at all? That uh, situation <laughs> never comes. 5%, maybe this month 5% come, next month 6% more, 2% come, 3%. So, okay, that's okay. But never so badly that... Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, okay, good. This uh, problem is only is uh, our boss. 10% is more uh, that uh, business will put 10% put in pocket. Otherwise, the 3% come, okay, minus 3%, that's it. So he's a good boss? Yes. No, like this, kit, kit, kit. <laughs> this guy telling this building more than maybe two or three years. This finish and this building will go. Oh, this building? Yeah, this old one, 40 years old, 42 years old. So they might knock it down? Yeah. Maybe this demolition time. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe. After 2020s, nothing. After 2020s, maybe. And you were the first and only one for a long time, right? Yeah, South yeah, Indian. yeah. It was only like afterwards you had Kamath. And... Yeah, no, coming uh, 15 years and Sharana and Venus and Sangeeta. Now Merlin, like this. Sorry, Milan. Next to, next to Saran Bhavan. You were the king for yeah. 15 years. 25 years king. 25 years king. Yeah, that coming only 15 years, no? This open is 40 years. I'm 25 years, nobody's not there, Karama. That time I'll king. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get bored? No, bored. No? This is good. I am going vacation is bored. Here public is coming. I'll talk to nice talk to. Otherwise I am going to my home only my, my daughter is there. That's it. <laughs> Can you imagine working in the same job for the same business with the same routine for 40 years? Yeah, I, I don't really think I could. When we come back, Crunchy Meduaras, the secret sauce or sambar to Ashok's youthful looks, and the all-important question, can he ever retire? Support for this episode comes from Frying Pan Adventures. Now, as you imagine the hustle and bustle along the streets of old Dubai while listening to this episode of Karama Sutra, there is really no better way to explore the city's unique blend of culture and cuisine than a tour with Frying Pan Adventures, Dubai's first food tour company. Here's Arva Emmet, their chief executive muncher. When I started Frying Pan Adventures back in 2013, the focus for me was really about shining a light on old Dubai. Dera, Bar Dubai, Karama, Sapwa, all of these neighborhoods that made up the Dubai that I'd grown up in, in, in the 80s and 90s. For me, 
old Dubai is like this big old scratched up pot of foods, of, of restaurants, of cultures that are being preserved by the migrants who, who've moved here and made it their home. You know, these are stories that just weren't getting their fair share of limelight because the city sometimes gets really tied up with talking about food trends and concepts that have been imported from the West. So my sister Farida and I started these food tours, these three to four hour moving feasts through parts of town that, that hold nostalgia for us. Everything from our Middle Eastern food pilgrimage to biryani taste battles to meals where you ditch the cutlery, just roll up your sleeves and go all in. We're committed to all of those delicious experiences that we have just here in our backyard in Dubai. And I can tell you from experience, guys, it's a great way to learn more about the cultures behind the recipes, explore the city, meet new people or share love of food or bond with colleagues and celebrate birthdays. Make sure you visit our website at fryingpanadventures.com and you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at fryingpanadventures and on Twitter at fryingpantours. Listeners of the show can use the code Karamasutra, that's K-A-R-A-M-A-S-U-T-R-A at checkout to get a sweet 10% off one of their tours. Our thanks to the Frying Pan Sisters for their support of this show and Amaya Media. You're really missing out if you haven't jumped on a tour with them. Welcome back. I'm Chirag from Amaya FM and you're listening to Karama Sutra, chronicles from communities we've grown up with. Oh wow, I'm not sort of one. It's got its um, typical authentic ham ram, but I feel it's, it's awesome. Even the plates remind me of um, the plates where, how we were, were back home in Karama. You know? It's a very similar home plates. Rajosh Joseph is a PR professional working in Dubai. He grew up a stone's throw away from woodlands before his family moved about 20 kilometers away to an area called Gisez and subsequently Gahud, where he now lives. I, I tell you one thing, but he'll come kisses to Karama, no need visa. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, very true. <laughs> he has extremely fond memories of dining at woodlands as a child nearly 30 years ago and had not been in over two years. So we thought it would be an interesting exercise to reconnect him with the crunchy vadas at Woodlands and with Ashok Ankur as he remembers him. Well, the thing is, so I'm a Karama boy, so I grew up in Karama. Yeah. So we, when we were Karama residents, we used to come here quite often. Yeah. Then we moved to Gises. And then I think my dad would still bring in parcels from Karama, but I think that was not sustainable. Uh, and then we stuck to Gises roots. And then, but however, we've been Catholics every... Um, you know, before Lent season, for Ash Wednesday, it's, it used to be a custom ritual that we used to have to come to Woodlands. And Ashok Uncle knows Lent before then, before us yeah, yeah. Catholics, and he would know when exactly all the Catholics would touch out, turn up at Woodlands. Um, no, so things have changed. Um, and then, yeah, obviously. But things, uh, Woodlands always has a nostalgia with, with us. Uh, we've always grew with Woodlands and uh, my Midwada and my Masala Dosa. Masala Dosa. And Talipuri. Talipuri, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of that was uh, childhood memories. My parents children were quite wise. They, they decided not to dine in here as regular as when I was a child. They said, okay, parcel service, that works because I was such a rowdy child. Although he was being very polite and kind, saying, it's okay, bring the child in. Dad, my folks are like, no, you stay at home. We take food back home. So we, we used to live down the street. Uh, in a family supermarket building. Yeah, so it's, it's standard. For me, it was always ghee roast. Um, I used to love, my, my fascination with ghee was always beyond me. So dad and mom was masala dosa. And then standard, we used to have midu vada as well. So everybody would have one midu vada. Over the weekend, if it's, a, if it's a Thursday, Friday or something, dad would have his thali as well. So 
a South Indian thali was always uh, defaults for him with puri. And I used to see the puris, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of things have also changed. Also, try to make yeah, have I food think at home. Eating, uh, too much uh, chicken leg. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Nostalgia is such a powerful emotion in our lives. We're uniquely wired to believe the things we grew up eating, watching, or seeing in our youth as being the best of their era. And as kids growing up around woodlands, we remember the crunch of the meduvada, the smell of samba in the air, the buzz of being among the community, even if you didn't actually know everybody. And the same face behind the counter is reassuring in a familiar sense, offering a sort of safe space for the migratory birds to return to. How are you? Okay, good. Same. How do you stay so young? This is something most Indian kids who grew up in Dubai will relate to. As I said earlier on, Ashok has barely changed from the first time we saw him. He's great a bit and wears reading glasses now, but there are hardly any wrinkles. Ashok attributes it entirely to his lifestyle and his daily woodlands meals. I eat uh, only vegetarian. No other. That is the secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no smoking, no drinking, uh, no non-veg, only curd rice. Curd, in Indian English, refers to homemade yogurt, and it's a peculiarity of the subcontinent vocabulary, or desi speak. So curd rice is essentially a mix of homemade yogurt and rice, sometimes garnished with a special temper of mustard seeds, curry leaves, and a little salt. Only curd rice, lunchtime or uh, the dinner time. And uh, morning breakfast only Italy. That's it. Have you ever eaten in any restaurant other than Woodlands no, in Dubai? No, only I'm going to vacation. That time only outside eating. 40 years, only Woodlands. Three times. Uh, this is my blood. <laughs> and Woodlands is my second wife. <laughs> but you didn't get, you were, when you came to Woodlands, yeah. to open Woodlands and set it up, you were not married? No, wife, yeah, six, seven years. After six, seven years, yeah, she came. Yeah. No, so when you went to meet your real wife, yeah. did you tell her that you already have the Woodlands wife? <laughs> yeah, no. I, after I'll tell you. The first wife is Woodland. Now second wife is you. <laughs> you told her that. <laughs> I bet she was happy. <laughs> so whose food is better? Did you eat at home at all? Or? Woodlands food. Really? Yeah. And Woodlands food is better than your better, wife's food? Yeah. 100% I'll tell you. <laughs> did your wife also eat here? Yeah. Really? Open it, tell you. That's good food. Good sambar, good chutney. Really, not joking. <laughs> but there's got to be more to it than just the diet. Like what? I want to say it's related to a sense of inner fulfillment. Take, for example, a typical day in the life of Ashok. No, I'm coming morning 6.30. Our kitchen staff coming at 4 o'clock. But 7 o'clock, restaurant open. Up to, I'm sit there 3.30. Then I'm going after 3.30, coming 7 o'clock. Night 12. Night 12? What time does it close? 11 o'clock. After everybody is gone, I lock every day. How many days do you take off for vacation? Only one month. One month? Yeah. And this has been your life for the last 40 years? But one time I was thinking I'm going to move other job. My boss is telling, no, no, he'll last, he'll there. Okay. Now, in the last 40 years, has it been the same owner? No, just now, five years before, don't change. That guy also telling... Okay, you last final, how many years will visa make it? That, that time is still there. So what struck me the most about his recounting of his life and routine was the contentment. He didn't sound disgruntled, nor was he begrudging his life or luck of the draw. 
I want to say, is it a generational trait? Were people of his generation more wedded to their work in a way that is markedly different to how we operate? But also it's this emphasis on work as a passion as opposed to, say, a duty. Why do so many of us expect our jobs to give meaning to our lives? Actually, I think the difference is more in how we define that commitment period. So our generation is definitely committed, right? I mean, sometimes we are overly committed. We work 20-hour work days if that's what it takes. But we do all of these things for much shorter periods of time. So our parents, or my parents definitely, and I see a lot of that in Ashok when I'm listening to him, is that his commitment isn't about not taking his yearly break from work, but the fact that once he was in this job, he was just going to be there till he retired. So I guess we're serial monogamists and polyamorous in some instances in comparison to their one soulmate for life philosophy? I don't know know if I actually thought of it that way, but I think you're kind of right. Uh, There is some kind of generational difference in how we we work, relationships, and just general contentment, right? So I feel like all of us are still trying to pursue contentment. But you look at someone like Ashok, and it sounds like he's been content since he was 25. But also, is that not an impediment to ambition? And I guess this is, in a way, a dilemma that many are grappling with, even in the current global political economy that is so growth-focused. The question, I guess, is how much is enough and at what point do we say this is all I need? Actually, if you think about it, I mean, he was ambitious too, right? I mean, ambitious enough to come to Dubai 40 years ago. He took a leap of faith. That's true. And so I think he did take his chances, but then he didn't stray away from that initial mandate, right? Which was to set up Woodlands and run it and grow it. And and that's what you see. So growth to him is growing the number of customers he serves, not necessarily creating the world's biggest franchise. So I think he's just figured out how much is enough for him? This God has given, that's it's enough. No more. Only my daughter is telling, he'll come uh, quickly. Always I'll open that. Uh, you like this field, I open it, the uh, Qatar, <laughs> you do. I tell him, no. I'm only Karam, Woodlands only. Then I'll retire and go into my, my house, Palgar. What would you, when you say goodbye to Karama, yeah, Dubai, yeah. UAE? Thus, my heart is every day here only. Like, <laughs> rounding Dubai. Basically in Karama, Woodland. Woodlands is on the verge of celebrating its 40th anniversary in December 2019. Honestly, if you live in Dubai or even the broader UAE and haven't been there, and we're not getting paid to say this, tap on the location link in the show notes and check it out, and we'd love to hear what you think of it. One thing that stands out in all of this, though, is that there really is no Woodlands in Karama without Ashok. Indeed. And I think also that there's no Ashok in Karama without Woodlands. This episode of Karama Sutra was hosted by Chirag Desai and me, Vinita Bhardwaj. We're produced by Chirag Desai. Our intern is Abhishek Venkata Subramanian. Special thanks to Rajosh Joseph. We'd love to hear back from you, your thoughts, and of course, if you've got a great story idea you think needs to be heard, please do reach out to us on ks at amayet.fm. That's ks at a-m-a-e-y-a dot f-m. You can follow the show on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Angami and Spotify, and you can find out more at karamasutra.com. 